I can bring you into the chat also if that's easier, Sean. Oh, hey. No, I'm just doing, I'm just bantering with the chat. Sean, tell me, how is the weather over where you are? I'm just going to adjust your volume level. It looks pretty good so far. It's good. I'm back in California, so it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, you, uh, you don't really have weather over there. You just get, uh, <laughs> you just, it's just it's everything it's is little, perfect all the time. It's a little cold. I saw it snow in the desert. Um, it was 39 degrees one day. It's unseasonably cold here in New York. People are complaining about it. Uh, Mike was complaining I've, about it. I've today heard it. Yeah, in the group chat. A yeah. Scientologist friend was trying to convince me of global cooling, and I was like, you know, the weather's been pretty bad on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. Um, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be great if there were just some solar flares and we we're like, oh, we can like kick the can down on energy transition for another couple decades. How does the sea level look in Miami? Is it uh, creeping up? I remember a few Basels ago, it was already over the highway. I don't know. My Uber, there was like some really crazy fart smells in parts of South Beach, which my Uber driver uh, claimed was because of like the dredging to build new stuff. But Miami's crazy. I haven't been in, I went to Basel in 2018. So I haven't been since then. And, and famously, I had to skip this year because I got COVID right before. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know a bunch of people I mean, who came back from it and then just got it there and spread it to everyone else in New York. So I, I appreciate you. Yeah, being, uh, I was a little, I was a little, I was honestly, I was under the weather. I thought I had, had I think I caught the Omicron one because I had a head cold, not a cough. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, it wouldn't have been fun anyways. I was, I was definitely sick for a week. I've been having this joke. I've been telling people about Miami, which is that it like has dog. It like is dog years. When you think about how long it's been since you've been there, like so, not being in Miami for four years is like not being in New York for like fifteen years. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. Yeah, like you go back and there's like whole new neighborhoods. Like the entire skyline is different. (laughs) Um, It's pretty crazy the 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 scale and speed of development there. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, we also only get to see like the fanciest part of uh, Miami when you go for the fairs and stuff. Um, well, I, I yeah. learned that South Beach is no longer fancy. It's not. Where's the fancy Not part when Basel's now? not there. Oh. I guess everyone moved to North Beach. Okay. I don't know. This is what my friends claim. But you know, the Delano shut down. Like all the fancy kind of like OG. Like, that place uh, was definitely fucking haunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 but that's like those are like the old art deco like masterpieces and yeah, i guess someone bought it yeah. and they just took all the furniture yeah so that's that's what that's what people have been telling me like mid beach north beach where the fiana is you know i see i see okay okay sure well it's no, been a few I mean, dog people, years people for me can call me out if they can call me out if i'm wrong about the geography because i'm not i'm not really that in the know on miami so where, uh, speaking of Miami, where was the Bitcoin Miami fair? Where was that located? Uh, the, the same place Art Basel Miami beaches at the convention center. So it was, it was a real different uh, vibe. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa. Um, I don't know. I think I was sending you photos because, you know, there was, they, they did kind of like a smoke machine and lasers set up for where the talks were. Which was just like this huge, insane looking uh like chamber. And then they had like different uh digital sets for every day. It was like Bitcoin Beach and Bitcoin Ranch and they they correlated to how the, the fair was organized. Was, oh, there was also Bitcoin Bazaar, which was entertaining. What was Bitcoin it's Bazaar? Like, it's like the like burner leftovers from the Silk Road era. Wow. So they were selling like 
So it was like white guys with like top knot selling like, you know, Indian textile harem pants and like Buddhas and stuff. Wow. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting them to be there. I thought there was going to be like a new generation. This is what I was expecting that there'd be like a new generation of like frantic, insane meme posters and, and shit like that. But it's no, it's those like, people were there, but okay. I feel like they weren't really at the, the fair was pretty corporate, you know? Huh? Uh, sure. Well, the corporate, the corporate lot, version of lot, it is I Burning mean, Man. Yeah. It was, it was sponsored by Cash App. It's like the Cash App Bitcoin Festival, mm-hmm. you know? Cash App built a giant uh, volcano. Uh, there was also a, a bull riding competition where all these like manlets were putting on a cowboy hat for some, I, I don't know what the app did. It was called Bullish. Um, but they're putting on cowboy hats and whoever rode the bull longest won a Bitcoin. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you serious? A full Bitcoin? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how hard was it to ride the bull? It. That's a lot of money. <laughs> These guys were doing really badly. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty dangerous incentive. You'd have to make it pretty fucking aggressive because oh, people are going to be holding was, on for like, you could buy a house with that shit. Yeah, I mean, it was a mechanical bull. Just, I don't know if I, I, I clarify. Oh, that. yeah. No, Not no, of course. One. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> even still, like, you're going to be, if you have that, like, size of a reward, people are going to be fighting to, to, to ride the thing. Okay. Wow. That's, were there a bunch of events? Like, were there competitions and airdrops? And, like, what was the environment on the ground? Kind of. I didn't go to any of them, though. <laughs> I, what did you do while you were there? Um, I saw some friends who moved from New York to Miami. I went to, yeah, that was that was basically it. Um, I just was seeing ex New Yorkers. I, Were I, there like, a lot of New York people? Not that many, but it, you know, I don't know. I went to Soho Beach House and had dinner on someone's corporate card, and I went to, you know, the standard spa and had a treatment on someone's corporate card. It was like that kind of trip. That sounds perfect. That sounds excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I kind of just went because I was, like, curious. I mean, it was crazier than I thought it was going to be. I think 50,000 or 30,000 people came for the event. But, yeah, it's but it was weird. Like, also, like, they had a whole lineup of entertainers the last day. I was I was too hungover for that. Who was there? Who was, entertainers, who, you mean, like, not guest speakers? Han- You're talking about, like, performers? No, like, Hannibal Burris performed. Oh, wow. And, um, Dead Mouse DJ. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit i guess they can pay the guy the guy who played chen the guy from silicon valley i know that guy came uh which i guess is kind of like a, a joke was there like itself. a was there something um thematic about the programming that the lectures and like the the trade fair portion of it was in the front of the week and then the last day is just like entertainment and parties and stuff no the, the talks were going ongoing the whole time i went to a couple but i didn't catch any of like the big ticket ones i didn't see peter Thiel. i didn't see jordan peterson the peterson lecture got posted a lot he had some he he had some critical takes on bitcoin right the the teal one as well i mean the whole vibe was as i dipped in and dipped out was the current world order is collapsing and bitcoin is going to be the foundation of the new one that's like was the general sentiment yeah which I, I don't even necessarily fully disagree with that. There's clearly some structural problems to like the global financial system. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it will be Bitcoin that fixes that because I'm not I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist in that way. I'm still skeptical, but I'm not 
I'm not a no coiner. I also learned a new word there. Everyone was saying orange pilled. Orange pilled. I don't know orange pilled. Hold on. I gotta bring me up to speed. It's it's uh it's for Bitcoin maximalists. They're orange pilled. Oh. They took the orange pill. Sure. Okay. Like the logo. <laughs> Everything um, is pilled now. I mean, yes. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's seen pilled. I'm just <laughs> okay. There you go. Very well done. Uh, <laughs> okay. So hold on. Bring me through. Bring me through the list of speakers. What other luminaries are there? Uh, are there uh, additional celebrities? Are there people pitching? What are the days uh, no. before the the party day? <laughs> no. I mean, I I kind of just went to like get the vibe, you know. I mean, there was a pitch thing. I did not, I did not d- dig into that. I, I did a spin through the fair. I didn't recognize almost any of the companies. I mean, I, I'm working on a project right now about crypto and I, I still maintain this that like, I'm not totally uneducated on it, but it's still an insider's game. If you're not, if you're not a developer, it's all kind of nonsense, you know? Yeah, it's not um, being adopted by an enormous number of people. And there's an incredible technical and financial hurdle uh, at the moment. Yes, which Bitcoin is not really designed to solve. That's kind of part of the problem with uh, well, that's more Bitcoin in generally, I think. But I mean, Bitcoin I, is my, probably the, the worst candidate for that. Sure. But I, I mean, my POV is kind of just generally in the crypto or Web3 space, whatever term you want to use. You know, everything is still kind of like the 90s version of the internet. Hmm. You have to have like some level of technical fluency to like even engage. And basically you need the the version of, I don't, you know, you could use different examples. Like what I like is kind of like Facebook to having a personal website, you know, like pre-Facebook having a personal website was kind of a technical challenge for the average American. Most people didn't do that. Facebook basically created the consumer onboarding product to give everyone their own personal website. You know, and that was kind of the the instantiation of, of social media. And so someone's going to figure out that same like level of like simplicity for people who are not going to suddenly become developers because crypto is cool. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember on MySpace people would like heavily customize their page and it became uh, very technically cumbersome to try and get all of these scripts to work at the right uh, at the right time and interface in the right ways. And instead what people wanted was just to like fill out a field of what their favorite movie was rather than to customize the background with sound and graphics and, and whatever. They actually appreciated having uh, a pre-made thing to a degree that the, the extent of customization was uh, less. Not everyone wants to be a designer and uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it was a weird conference. I, I, I kind of presumed to be able to run into people I knew there. Didn't run into anyone I knew. Wow. Like, even on my, even on my like, uh, sub stack, I was just like, you know, hey, I'm going to be here if anyone has any recs. I got one restaurant recommendation, but no one was like, <laughs> oh, you should do this. And then also, I, I guess I didn't RSVP early enough for some of these things. And, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. I guess I, I'm just a brat and I'm used to going to Miami and knowing art publicists who will, like, get me on the list of things at the last minute. I, I don't know. Yeah, anyone. going I don't to know Miami to, like, without uh, art stuff is, yeah, yeah. It must be totally bizarre because it feels like you're, oh, yeah, I know all these places and I know how to get around. I did get invited to the whale event, but I didn't, I don't know. A lot of the, the events seemed like a version of nightlife that I would never do, you know? It's like when you go to Vegas 
and people who don't go out think that like nightclubs are supposed to be like bottle service and you're supposed to like spend a stupid amount of money on like hookers with you know uh sparklers and champagne bottles um <laughs> and i was like i'm not doing that <laughs> unless it's free you know and i didn't have anyone else you know uh paying my tab there so i was like i'm, I'm not really interested i don't know any of these people and i don't want to spend a lot of money going to a nightclub that i would never normally go to <laughs> what did the people look like while you were there what was like the scene report are they young and trendy are they like late adopters are they finance no. people it's it's mostly finance people and people who want jobs like that, you know. Are there like models and just just professionally attractive people no. that hang out in the scene? No, I no. Was, okay. I, huh. I, I went with a friend to do like a little turn through, and he was like, "I wonder what the, you know, it's like it is like a boat show where they hire like attractive girls, but it was very mid, you know. I I don't know the style. I would have thought I mean, that I just my- like that level of wealth, there would be like a ton of just fancy. Maybe that's something that's no, unique I mean, to. I don't. It's kind of weird, you know. You meet some of these people, like they're they're young. They have a hundred million dollars now, but they haven't been like socialized in any way. Which I'm, I'm sure this is going to sound really condescending, but you know, traditional the traditional way that people become elites is either through some sort of credentialing system like college, right, or through like you know building a business. But a lot right. of people who have a lot of crypto money, the, neither of those things really apply. So there's no like socialization process. And I, I don't know that all of them know how to spend their money. You know, there are a lot of like people selling luxury watches, but they're all like really ugly. It was like they're all gold and like covered in uh, diamonds. And I, I, I tweeted this and got some pushback, but it kind of like <laughs> made me realize that crypto is like the, really the last nail in the coffin for streetwear. Because, oh, you know, if you, if you don't... Like traditional elites, secretly, I don't know. Like, I mean, we're in the art world; we know this stuff. You know, they hire other people to have good taste for them. Yes. <laughs> They're very good at outsourcing these things, and that's kind of what all of the creative industries are based around. Is is like wealthy people hiring other people to help them be the most fashionable or know how to spend their money um, in ways that are tasteful. Good and, taste and is expensive. Ha- yes. And that doesn't exist. I mean, bad taste is expensive too. Oh my god! So I, <laughs> well, bad I taste. Bad taste can be more expensive because it won't hold its value. Yeah. And then you end up with a really ridiculous. embarrassing painting. It's like, oh, how did you get that thing on your wall? You must have had terrible advice. Well, that's the appeal of streetwear. I think to a lot of these people is that like it's just really you know you can go on Grail to buy some limited edition thing for like an insane amount of money. So if you don't know what to buy, just buying the most expensive thing. Sure. To, to a lot of to a lot of people who maybe. You know, I don't. I don't feel like that's the, a sign of a late adopter. I don't feel like the also, pointers are, are like old money. You know what I mean? So I don't think they necessarily know how to spend. No, they're not. For saying yeah. <laughs> no, no, that, it's important. Yeah, it's I, important because they're not like institutions that like vetted them or trained them in certain ways, and they don't have like they didn't pass through the normal vetting process of becoming an elite. They just happen to be correct about this one really important thing and then that accumulated a bunch of value but uh now they have to kind of go back and learn the whole process of becoming elites and i mean if that they want to. process is painful <laughs> and uh weird and kind of odd to look at because you end up with like incredibly wealthy people who spend their money frivolously and on embarrassing dumb shit uh yeah yeah i don't know i think those are all opportunities for art and i think art is like going to basically this time next year like 
this kind of uh, <laughs> taste shaming won't even exist. It'll just the art world will be perfectly in alignment with like ah a source of funding. This is this is no problem for me. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of those people want legitimation from traditional institutions precisely my because goal. yeah because it's like I mean again I'm, I'm gonna get pilloried but you know it's like the nouveau riche dilemma you know <laughs> where the nouveau riche always gets slammed for being too gaudy and buying too big of things and being tacky and you know I think some of that is is sour grapes from old money people but some of that is also true you know like you can't watch the queen of Versailles and not think uh, some of that is not true. Um, so there were, I don't know. Yeah, so it was, a, it was an interesting event. But yeah, I didn't see any like, aesthetically, it was not, it was like being in a big video game. Which it is literally amazing. looked I like a video feels, game. Yeah, it yeah, looked it's like game, a... It's all gamer bait, which, I, which is a term that, uh, that your collaborator, Matt Dryhurst, told me a long time ago that, and that I wrote about a year and a half ago or so. It's a good term. It's a good term. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It fits. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of uh, gamer bait and um, the way people are dressed and everything, uh, I wanted to ask about the merch. I, I got a hat that said uh, Crypto Dad. <laughs> of course. And... Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> they also had a Crypto Mom version for the ladies. And, uh, oh, and then like a trucker hat that said like something about Miami on it. But uh, there wasn't that. Oh, oh yeah. And then I, I got like a human trafficking institute beer koozie because that just seemed like an insane object. Oh my. Yes. Well, yeah. There's put a lot that of, in a museum. I mean, when you go to Miami, there's a lot of stuff about human trafficking. I know that that's become kind of a oh, the Republicans are making this up, but I think it's also a real thing, um, especially there because it's you know a big smuggling hub. Like in the airport, they have announcements about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's no, uh, it's no coincidence that the art fairs uh, are next to all of these things, right? Where like <laughs> drugs and illegal shit come into the country because uh, oh, it just turns out there's a ton of cash that's circulating there, and it needs a place to go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my it's it's all about real estate, private banking for Latin America, shopping. You know, Miami has some of the highest value like per square foot of retail store, luxury stores in the world. And then like real estate, fine art, um, and now crypto. <laughs> I remember, you know, I remember when people were talking about digital art being at the fairs and the idea was that, so there was going to be, yeah. basically that was going to spur this whole market for people buying digital art on a USB drive. And it never really happened, but people thought that would be an effective way to like smuggle a bunch of money out of the country is just to buy like additioned digital art on USB sticks. But now, it I mean, like I mean, that never materialized, but maybe there's some similar opportunity for these. I don't know. It was a pretty political event, you know, because a lot of what they were talking about were the problems with the petrodollar after Bretton Woods. The discussions were about like, what does a post petrodollar world look like and how is the United States going to adjust to that? And can, and can like the United States uh, position as like the sole issuer of, of, you know, reserve currency be tenable as the United States share of the global economy declines, you know, because it's not 1975 anymore. And some of that might be actual problems, but a lot of it is also just because there's been development in the rest of the world. 
Yeah, I remember you shared a few images that were, uh, what was it, the Declaration of Monetary Independence, and this was probably like yeah. five by seven <laughs> feet printed out, and uh, yeah, some really choice um, giant dollar bills with like Obama as like uh, the emperor from Star Wars and shit, like, yeah. No, no, yeah. that was okay. Washington. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> It was like George Washington as like a Sith or something. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm kind of piecing together like between between this and like say for example like a like an ETH conference or something that there was this feels much more like crotchety old like libertarian just like gold evangelist I'm, vibes and Burning Man shit and yeah that end of the yeah crypto it's world. it's very it's very left and right libertarian although maybe it was more of a right skew this year but. Um, yeah, it's it's a libertarian movement, one hundred percent. And you're writing um, a piece about it. Is this for Substack or where can people find the piece? No, I'm I'm I, I haven't announced it yet, so I'm not going to share for whom. But it's for a, a Web three client that wanted me to write something about crypto, and it's been a bit of a struggle. I mean, if anything, it was it was good. I think to go to an embodied crypto event. <laughs> <laughs> because there's something about the degree to which all this stuff just happens in Discord and on Twitter that it feels like, I don't know, too ephemeral to have like strong takes on. And you kind of miss a lot of the, the actual insanity of it, you know? Yeah, it's this one, sounds it's especially one, it's cartoonish. It's one thing to, you know, know abstractly there's a 25-year-old who just like made the right decisions and probably everyone told him he was crazy. And now suddenly... He's like a, has a, you know, nine, nine figure net worth or something. But it's another thing to meet that person. And I'll be like, oh, wow, this is, this is quite something. This is quite a new direction for society. And I'm, yeah. I'm ambivalent about it in that I don't, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, or I am jealous of those people. Obviously, I would love all that money. But um, <laughs> I do worry about what it will mean to create so many new elites wholly outside of any institutional tethers, even though I'm not, I don't love the United States institutions right now. I think they have a lot of problems, but also like totally like ex nihilo wealth is, is a pretty crazy and new concept, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Look, and all like the past examples, like the gold rush or something like that, you know, in California, that was a really weird thing. And it's, <laughs> It is, as you said, why the art world will be looking at its chops. It's like, who who made out the best from the gold rush? And it's like, people who had hotels or sold, like, shovels. Because <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> it's kind of like, of course, there's going to be tons of scams in this, like, wholly novel, unregulated digital environment that's just pumping out wealth from nowhere. It's like It's like an oil boom. It's like a commodity... Uh, much more so than it's like the you know traditional fiat currency we've had since before we were born. So it it, it feels it feels new, and it, I think whether people love or hate it, it's hard to not be paying attention to it. Yeah, well now it's now it's impossible to not pay attention to because it's it's accumulated so much value that it's working its way into every facet of society in one way or another. So if you try to ignore I guess it's it, close to a- you can't. So yeah, I think it's also like they were saying it's like, well, now it's it's big enough that if you are, you know, managing a pension fund or something, it might make sense to have like a one percent position in, in Bitcoin or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And then, and then they were like speculating that like, as it gets even bigger, you know, then you can attract the attention of, of sovereign wealth funds, et cetera. Because suddenly sure. Bitcoin is big enough that Qatar and Norway and Russia and whoever else can, can plant some, some money in there. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a very unique scenario. That amount of uh, uh, capital accumulated within that amount of time, and I think that you know we've talked about this before. But then the question now is whether uh, that amount of value accumulated can exist and feel legitimate without other institutional structures to produce narratives and stories around it, and uh, taste and expertise and and all of these other things. And uh, will we end up rebuilding those institutions for these new this new generation or micro generation of elites? I, and that's, I think uh, those things yeah. will come if only because they they have to. You know, I mean, obviously, when you have like we now have a dynamic where it's very clear that there are like insider elites, traditional elites, and outsider elites who have tons yes. of money, but um, are maybe under socialized or do not know how to interact with power because <laughs> that's explicitly what being an elite is about: interacting with power um, and using it judiciously. So I, I think that that by necessity will will become something that happens, you know, just because the outsider elites, I don't think are going to want to, to remain fully outsiders, you know? That's my wager as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sean, uh, this is, this is great. Thank you for calling in. Uh, do you have plans to go back, uh, next year? Do you, uh, do you think you'll ever do it again? I think I will. Yeah. I think I will. I, I think a, a one, two punch of, of Basel and then Bitcoin will be a real damn like, <laughs> kitty twister, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well tell us, no, uh, if you, you can tell us more of our friends though, Oh, well, you definitely need gonna, a crew I'm to do bring it. People yeah, with me. I, I think going solo and not um, that was the like, most oh, insane thing about it. Yeah, I was like, I think Sean's just well, there I by just, himself. <laughs> I yeah, I just went. I mean, I know some people who live in Miami, but not not a ton. And I mean, the best time I had was at the weird uh, bars and twenty four hour raves of of downtown Miami because low key Miami does not have a closing time. Oh, those are, uh, but those that are had absolutely great. nothing to yeah. do with. With Bitcoin Miami. <laughs> is there a timeline for the piece or uh, can you tell us anything about it or people should just, we'll wait and we'll wait no, to see you. Announce just it. wait. Yeah. I, yeah. I think well, it'll be, I think good it'll luck. be out in the next couple weeks. Cool. That's, cool. that's what I'll say about that. Yeah. Right. I'm looking thanks, forward Josh. to it. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. All right. Talk to you right, soon. Bye. Thanks again. Bye. Say bye to Sean, everybody. Chat says bye. Bye, Sean. Bye. Thanks, man.